nestled here in our sweet classroom in our frigid, cold winter. The glow of Christmas has faded. The goals of the new year are evaporating. Winter. We're in the middle of winter, aren't we? In wintertime, our winter in Saginaw, Michigan, it gets dark so early and stays dark so long. But we're Michiganders. If you're a Michigander, raise your hand. I'm proud. Yeah, that's all right. I'm a Michigander. And you know what? We Michiganders are resilient. We truly are. We're resilient and um, we're blessed. We are blessed. And so right here in the middle of winter, in the middle of flu season, in the middle of February, in the middle of the dark, do you know what we do? We celebrate. We celebrate Valentine's Day. I love Valentine's Day in the middle of February for we Michiganders because we need it. We need this refreshment of, it's the holiday that represents what? Love. 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 Girls, God so loved the world. And God so loved you, Christy. And God so loved you, Cindy. Tell the lady next to you, God so loves you. Tell her. And so it is the message for this day, but especially a message for we Michiganders in the middle of winter, in the middle of flu season, in the middle of the dark. So what I want you to do is I want you to take your valentine. Take your valentine from the God who loves you, and I want you to open it to Psalm 57. Psalm 57. And I'm going to warn you right now. Good morning, Elise. Thank you for doing our care packages. That is such a blessing to our college students. Take your valentine, open it up to Psalm 57, and I'm going to warn you right now. Oh, bless your hearts. I'm so glad you're here. That's great. Feel it. Don't forget your cookie. Don't forget your cookie. Don't forget your cookie. Okay. Because your cookie isn't just a cookie. Your cookie is a message for the lesson. So take your valentine, open up to Psalm 57, and I'm going to warn you right now, you need your thinking cap. This is a sweet truth that I got from Jonathan Kahn, the author that I recommended to you, because he takes the Hebrew, and he gives you the literal translation. And I just love that, because it opens up your mind and your thinking to things that we normally don't see or get. That's what the Word of God does. So here's a truth you're going to chew on, and you, it's just going to make you so happy. In the middle of winter, in the middle of flu season, in the middle of the dark. Here we go. Psalm 57, 8. And I want you to say with me the first five words. Let's read it together. Ready? Psalm 57, 8. Awake up! My glory, awake. All right, I'm going to say it again. Awake up, my glory, awake. Some of you aren't convinced. Say it again. Awake up, my glory, awake. Okay, now this is what is so good about this. Most commentaries believe that this awake up, that this is David who is writing this psalm. Most commentaries say that this has to do with um, time. It's like getting up early. All right, but 
but not so. Now, it can be a reference to time, especially if you read the verses in front of it and below it. They are time a reference. But this, awake up, my glory, awake, does not refer just to time. More significantly, the authentic um, translation of this phrase means this. David is writing, I will awake the dawn. Now, now think about this. David is writing, I will awake the dawn. That's how this is literally translated. Imagine the power to wake the dawn in this dark winter season. Wouldn't you love to know how to awake the dawn? Well, this is where you put your thinking caps on. First of all, why is it dark? We're talking about awaking the dawn. Why is it dark? And we think, well, it's dark because it's nighttime. No, that's not why it's dark. We think of night as a period of time, and in one sense it is, but it isn't dark because it's nighttime. It's nighttime because it's... Let it sink in. It is not dark because it's nighttime. It is nighttime because it's, all right, now keep that in your thinking cap. Night is the effect of the earth turning away from the light of the sun, correct? Night is the effect of the earth turning away from the sun. Night is the earth dwelling in its own shadow because it has turned away from the sun. Now, when I talk about turning, and when I talk about shadow, because that's what happens in the dark. The dark is caused by the earth's turning away from the sun, and it creates its own shadow. What verse pops into your mind when I'm talking to you about shadow and turning? I know you're thinking about it. No, well, that is, and that is, that's a, that is a valley, and it's dark. Turn to your Bibles to James 1.17. James 1.17. You, you know this. You just didn't recall it. All right. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of, say it, mm-hmm, with whom is no variableness, neither what? Shadow. Neither shadow of turning. God is light, girls. God is light. And now some of you already know where this um, miraculous creation application is going. You've already guessed it. We have, we have dark because the earth has turned away from the source of light, sun. All right? And then it lives in its shadow. Everything our wonderful creator made was for the purpose of us understanding a beautiful spiritual truth that we're supposed to taste and see every day. So if he set all this up, what does he want me to see? Well, obviously, it's as plain as the sun and it's as plain as the dark. If the earth, if we experience dark because the earth has turned away from the light, we experience dark when we turn away from the light. God is light, and in him is no variableness. There's no shadow of even turning. God doesn't even have a shadow because he never turns. He never changes. So the fact that we experience darkness 
when the earth turns away from light is the point our father wants us to make to get when I turn away from the light of the word when I turn from God who is light I create my own darkness hmm when I reject God's truth his word from doing its work in my heart that's why it's so important to respond to the word girls when the word convicts your heart, when, when something is brought about as a truth or in the preaching or in your devotions as you're reading the Bible and the Holy Spirit tugs at your heart or impresses upon you, this is important for you. Don't turn away from it. The Spirit of God wants to use God's word, which is light, to bring more light into my life. And every time I turn away from it or I excuse it or I put it off or I tweak it or I spin it or I just flat out ignore it, I create more darkness in me. So, God's word. When I don't turn toward the light, when I turn away from the light, I end up living in the shadow of my own self-made darkness. Ouch. So that's night. So that's night, and we all experience in this life this aspect of darkness in our life. When we turn away from what? The The light. And the light is... God's word. God has said, it's written, thy word is what? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So that's darkness. Now let's look at dawn because literally what did awake my glory awake mean? It means I will awaken the dawn. What's dawn? I want to live in the dawn. I want to live in the light. I want to live in the sunshine. Think about our dawn. Go back again to the earth's application that God made for us to see. When the earth turns away from darkness and turns back to the sun, what happens? Darkness goes away. We live in the light. It's such a beautiful thing for us to see and know that we apply spiritually. So, how do you bring about the dawn? How do you and I Do as David did, and wait till I tell you the context in which he has written this. How do you and I bring the dawn in our darkness? When I turn away from the darkness, when I turn from my sin, when I turn from substitutes or distractions that keep me turning toward the light, I turn from focusing on my own self and my own shadow, and I turn toward the light. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 36.9. Psalm 36.9 was a cross-reference verse that I found as I was studying this aspect of light and darkness, and this is so good. Psalm 36.9, For with thee is the fountain of, fill it in, life. In thy light shall we see light. Okay, so understand the importance of this in Psalm 36, verse number 9. First of all, with thee is the fountain of life. It didn't happen with Ponce de Lone. He searched for it, you know, never found it. If you know Christ is your Savior, you have found the fountain of life. He is the fountain of life. And now for in thy light shall we see light. The more light that you receive from God's word, the more light you will experience. So how do I break the dawn in my own life? First of all, I have to turn. I have to turn away from my sin or my selfishness or my preoccupations, and I have to turn toward the light. Now, back into our our, um, 
reference verse, David, when he writes, I will awake the dawn, he wasn't awakening in his palatial bed with servants ready to serve him his coffee and croissants. You know what time of life this was when he writes this great <coughs> truth? He was running from Saul. He was running for his life. He was in time of he was in a time of terrible fear, but he wasn't fearing. He was in a time of terrible darkness, but he was living in light. He literally is saying, here he is huddled and quiet and shrunk back into a dark, damp, cold cave. And he is saying, I will awake the dawn. I am living in light even though I'm in a very dark time. How did he do that? I want us to understand and get excited about the fact that we can literally turn every dark moment into light. And we can do it today. This isn't referencing heaven in which there will never be darkness. There'll never be night. Doesn't it make sense now as you know, understand a little bit more about light and darkness? There's no, we know there's no night in heaven, but there's no night in heaven because there's no darkness in heaven. We're, we're the father of lights. We are also called to be light. Every gospel talks about us being what? Ye are the light of the world. We're instructed, walk in the light, even as he is in the light. Well, how do I turn up my wattage? Because in this past week, if you dealt with life at all, you dealt with some darkness. You did. Dark moments, dark experiences, dark circumstances. There's all kinds of darkness that we deal with because we live in a sin-cursed world. How do I amp up my wattage? I want to live light, both L-I-G-H-T and L-I-T-E. I want to live light both in wattage and in weight, living light. And God says, child, you can. I've equipped you to do it. How do I awake the dawn in the darkness? Um, I was telling Trina, she battled three children coming down with a flu all, you know, 18, 24 hours apart, boom, boom, boom. And then, of course, Caitlin and... And Caleb run these horrific fevers. They end up having to take Caleb into emergency because he had 105 fever with the flu. And it's just, and in a lot of moms, our home, with this, it came over one of my devices. This is the worst se uh, flu season for children in over a decade. It has just, it's, it's dark. It's dark. Um, how do I live in the light even though I'm in the dark? How do I chase away the darkness of a failed relationship or failing health or failed finances or myself failing? How do I, how do I chase away the darkness? How do I live in light even in darkness? Because this is when David penned this. He was in horrible darkness, but he says, no, no, I wake the dawn. Well, how do we do it? I'm glad you asked. Look at your cookie. Look at your cookie. What is it? It's a pair of lips. And God has equipped every single one of us with a pair of lips. Look at your neighbor. Say, nice lips. You have a pair. <laughs> nice lips. Some of us have lipstick on our lips. Some of us have chapstick on our lips. Some of us have coffee on our lips. God gave every one of us a pair of lips. And now, it's wonderful 
because they're attached, we never lose them. We never lay it down and have to find it because, girls, this is the tool that's going to awake the dawn in your dark moments. You're, gonna, you're not going to believe how God has wondrously provided for us, knowing we would live in darkness, knowing, knowing that Eve would listen to the father of lies and all light would become dark again. He provided us not just with heaven, but with light in this darkness. He gave us a pair of lips. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs 18.21. Not only do we not lose our lips because God attached them to us, but they are perfectly designed for the task to awaken the dark. It's not like me using a flathead when I need a Phillips screwdriver, okay? God says, oh, no, I've made these on purpose for the purpose of you awakening the dawn today. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. This is the tool that God wants to use for Kathy to bring light into her darkness today. This is the tool. These lips are God made for the purpose of awakening the dawn, Barb, of awakening the dawn, Elise. This is why God put them right here. This is why God attached them to me so that I wouldn't forget them or lose them. How do we use this great tool that God made to awaken the dawn in our darkness? Well, first of all, it's been said that it takes 14 positive statements to eradicate the effect of one negative statement. Wow. It takes 14 positive statements to wash away the effects that one negative statement toward me made in me. Wow. So how do we make those positive statements with our lips? How many of you, for instance, have ever been called a name? <laughs> Happens early, doesn't ever stop happening. You all have a piece of paper. I want you to take on that piece of paper, and I'll get my paper, and I want you to write on that paper one of the names you've been called, all right? I was about nine years old. I was about nine years old. I was riding my bike to the library. And I had to go by a group of boys, and at nine years old, you know, great. I saw them ahead, and I had to go by them. And as I'm pedaling past them with this wonderful goal of going to the library and filling both my bike baskets with books, one of them shouts out, hey, toothpick legs, nice bike. I didn't hear a nice bike. I don't remember that part. That I never forgot it. Girls, we don't forget. It's, and it's true. I've always had toothpick legs. It's true. But that doesn't make, whether it's true or false, it doesn't matter. If somebody calls you a name, you never forgot it. You know what? It finds a home in your heart, and it's right there. It finds a home in your heart. For every name that you've ever been called, you don't forget it. You don't forget it. Now, Take this name and wad it up like the garbage it is. And, Sarah, this is where I need you. Now, this, <laughs> this, this is garbage. This creates darkness. Go ahead and open that up. And, um, and you're going to all, because, by the way, when you, this name, this name always gets thrown at you. When you get handed a compliment... Okay, but you get thrown a name. So take this garbage, throw it 
at Sarah. She's going to pick up all the garbage. Pick up the garbage. Go ahead. Throw the names. Did you write the names? Thank you. Thank you. Throw the names that you've been called. She's going to put it in her garbage bag, and I'm going to tell you the effect of this. Now, now these are just, this is just name calling, okay? This is, this happens, you know, by the time you have a sibling and you're two years old, the name calling begins and it, and it never ends. Um, and we take it into, and it finds a home in our heart. This is just name calling. This is garbage. It goes in our bag. Now, this is just name calling. What about the garbage of, um, what about the garbage of fear, okay? What about the garbage of fear? What about the garbage of guilt that finds a home? What about the garbage of regrets? What about the garbage of unfair circumstances? All of this garbage goes into us also. What about the garbage of bitterness that finds a root and grows a tree? What about the garbage of gossip and slander that all comes in. You know what? It doesn't take very long, and all of a sudden, we are carrying around a whole bunch of garbage. And you know what? It makes everything heavy. It just makes everything heavy. And it stays with us. In other words, before our feet touch the floor... Our day is already heavy because we went to bed with it. We got up with it. It's still there. It hampers everything we do. Brush your teeth with your garbage. Brush your teeth with your garbage. Yeah, we do. Get in the shower with your garbage. Now, we may get clean on the outside, but all the garbage is still on the inside. Uh, Get dressed. Get dressed holding your garbage because that's what we do. Now, now, get in the car, take the kids where they need to go, and you've got this garbage, and, and then go to work, and you've got the garbage. It hampers everything we do. Not only is it heavy and does it, does it weigh us down, this garbage, but also it affects us so deeply emotionally. It puts us in the dark emotionally. It's the root of all depression that grows if we don't know what to do about I will make the dawn I will make light come awake my glory awake and God says I've got I've got the answer for you I've created a way for you to do this because you were not meant to carry this garbage around but there's the emotional garbage have you ever have you ever tried to get close to a person He carries a big bag of emotional garbage. You can't. You can't get close to people who are carrying emotional garbage. What do we do with this darkness? What do we do with this garbage? Thank you, Sarah. You can put your garbage down. Yeah. yeah, Yep. And, And, you know, with the fact that have you ever forgiven somebody and they've done you wrong And then 15 minutes later, the angst is right back in your heart. Yeah. What do you do? You keep applying the light of God's word. Now, this is how we get rid of the darkness. This is how we awake the dawn in our life and help others awake the dawn. First of all, 
Oh, by the way, oh, I, there was one part I, I did want to cover too. Sometimes the garbage I carry is because of me. It's not just because of everybody else. This is why it's so important to pray the prayer that David prayed. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts. Try me and know my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. Perhaps a big part of my garbage is the fact that I need to go to somebody and I need to say, would you please forgive me? And girls, when we do, the garbage is removed. And whether they do or not, you have sincerely gone and you have listened to God's way of getting, excuse me, rid of the garbage and applied it to my own personal darkness. And God says, you're washed clean. You're washed clean. Yea, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as wool. You're not just clean because you took a shower. You're clean on the outside because I've cleansed you because you've listened to the word of God. The whole point in living light is whose word are you going to believe? God's word is light. And what you have to do, if you're living in darkness or you're living sad or you're living affected by what people have said or done to you, you have to believe God's opinion over their opinion. You have to come to believe God's opinion over my own heart's opinion because my heart is so deceitful. It's desperately wicked, and it keeps the darkness there apart from God's cleansing and obedience to his word. Eve lived in the light. She walked with her heavenly father. He instructed her. He instructed uh, Adam and, and Eve every night as they walked in the cool of the garden. But then the serpent came. And she chose to believe the father of lies over her heavenly father's word. And what happened? Darkness. The whole world fell under the curse of sin. But we have the same dilemma. Whose word are you going to believe, girls? Whose word are you going to believe? When God's word says, we are fearfully and wondrously made, when God's word says, I do all things well. When God's word said, I will perfect that which concerneth you. When God's word says, he that hath begun a good work will perform it. Who are you going to believe? And when I say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe you, and I can't wait to show you what David's going to say in this chapter of this, I will awake the dawn. I will believe you, God. By faith, I will believe you more than I believe Facebook or more than I believe my ex-friend or more than I believe uh, somebody who is supposed to be loving you, I will believe you. But I also will take into account that, Lord, maybe there is a, there's a gaping thing in me that I don't even see. Father, reveal it to me. Reveal it to me. You've told me, if I confess my sin, you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Father, I confess where I failed here. Because, boy, don't we get beaten down with failures? Um, and some of the things that I had written down, some of the things that people are told all the time is, you're a failure. You can't do anything right. You have no talents. Who do you think you are? And all of these statements. See, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they destroy people. They put them in darkness. And maybe you have been put in that darkness. And you have to come to the point of, what is God's opinion about me? What is God's opinion about 
what he made. God never makes garbage. Never, never. When God made us, do you know what he claimed, what he stated? It wasn't just good. It was what? Very good. Would you tell the person next to you, you're very good. You are. You are God made. You are very good. You are very good. And another thing that just came to my mind, when, as we're talking about light and darkness, what is the very first recorded audible word of God? What is the first that's been recorded for us to read and God said it out loud? I mean, God didn't even have to say it out loud. Why did he say it out loud? For us. Do you know what it was? Do you know what that first statement was? It's not in the beginning. No, 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 no. That's in reference to what God is going to say. This is what he says. Let there be light. Isn't that amazing? And you can take that first word, let, and you can do a word study on all the other lets, and you can find out the root word if they mean the same. You know which word, you know which verse matches up with God saying, let there be light? You know what verse matches that let? This is so cool. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto thee, O Lord. You're my strength. You're my redeemer. You're you know what redeem means. We've, we've said this. Redeem means it was, was once fine. It became garbage, but then it's been remade. That's the word redeem. It's where we get recycled. It's that prefix re. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful prefix because it's all about what we have. We've been redeemed. We were made perfect. We chose sin. We became garbage, worse than garbage. And God says, I love you so much. I love you so much. I will redeem you. So let, and see how it then, you know, God's word is like a beautiful puzzle. Once you study it and start truly saying, Father, teach me. Teach me thy way. I will walk in thy truth. What you do, the puzzle pieces start fitting together. And you know what the picture ends up being? glorious God. So all these little puzzle pieces about light and darkness and about awake my glory, awake. And the very fact that our God of mercy said, I'm going to teach you how to live in light. You're not to live in darkness. I'm going to even equip you. I'm going to put lips on your face so that you can call the dawn. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what do I do? I start believing God's word over anybody else's, even my own self-talk. And when I do, if it does not, if the garbage I'm carrying around, if the darkness I'm carrying around does not match up with God's word, you know what I do? I throw it out. I throw it out of my heart. No, I'm not going to carry it. God, that's not true. That's the devil's lie, or that's the deceitfulness of my own heart. And you start throwing out everything that does not line up with the truth of God's word. And girls, your burden is so much lighter. And then the responsibilities and the issues and the hard things that you deal with today that are in God's will for his glory and for his purpose, you know what he says about that? You look up with me. Yoke up with me because my yoke, my burden is easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is what? Right. Yeah, you can take it either way. Isn't that beautiful? So, using the tool that God gave 
each of us to call out the dawn in our life. It begins with believing his word, and then it begins applying his word to every moment of darkness, to every piece of trash in the past, to every piece of garbage you're going to deal with today, and go back and say, Lord, this lines up, okay? This is a responsibility. This is a burden that you have given me. I will walk with you with it. And if it doesn't line up, we cast it out. And I want to, I want to quickly talk to you about David um, and what he did in his time of darkness. Back to our reference, Psalm 57, 7. Um, above and below uh, in this chapter, David says, My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. So see, it always is a heart issue. My darkness is always a heart issue. It's nobody else's fault. Quit blaming. Boy, we've talked about that. Blaming keeps me stuck in the darkness. Stop blaming. And God says, this is how you deal with the darkness. And here's David saying, my heart is fixed. Oh, God, my I will what? Sing and give praise. Here's the tool I'm using. He is, in, he is running for his life. He's in a horrible cave. And he sings and he gives praise. And it's recorded so you and I can do the same. Because God wants us to live in the light during those times of darkness. Here's David. I will sing unto thee among the nations. In other words, this gets even better. In other words, I won't only affect my own heart. I will not only cause the dawn to come in my own life, but I'm going to affect others' lives. I will invade their darkness, God, with your light. That's the New Testament commission. How do you affect others with your light? You do it with the lips God gave you. Do you awake the dawn in somebody else's life, or did you just wake them up this morning? There's a big difference. Awaking the dawn in other, and often we, we just give each other excuses. You've all got a sheet there. Now, this was um, talking about relationships, but this sheet is applicable to absolutely everything that you and I deal with. Words that build up, words that tear down. And um, let's see, I'm going to ask, um, Michelle, would you come help me on this side? And I'm going to ask Barb if you'll come help me on this side. Now, you all get to be words that build up. You all get to be words that tear down. I'm sorry. All right? Now, I want you to say these things. You'll need your sheet. But I want you to say these things in the way that we see them. And the reason I, I'm giving you this sheet because I'm talking about the tool that God wants us to use to invade our darkness with light. And as you read these things, I want you to remember how easy and how often we say words that tear down and we don't even hear them anymore. And so the opportunity is, no, I want to I awake the dawn in my home today. I want to awake the dawn in my husband and my children and my friends, words that build up. So, Michelle, you say these, the first one, then you're going to respond Barb, with the next one. Ready? And class, I want us to say them together, but these are going to be our leaders. Go ahead this side. I've been thinking about this all day. Just forget it. What can I do for you today? You never help me around the house. How can I pray for you today? You're always in a bad mood. The best part of my day is when you come home. All you ever do is complain. You are one of God's most precious gifts to me. Who do you think you are? We never have enough money. You sorry. I can never please you. 
You are so wonderful. How many times do I have to tell you? You look handsome in that shirt. All you ever think about is yourself. You make my day bright. That was stupid. Oh, we owe Clint a dollar. All right. I don't feel complete without you. You don't own me. You're my best friend. You're impossible. I thought about you all day. I can't believe you said that. Thank you for loving me. Now what do you want? <laughs> Thank you for taking such good care of me. I guess I expect too much. You're my knight in shining armor. You can't do anything right. I will always love you. You know where the door is. You are so tough. You are such a big baby. I trust your decision. You never listen to me. I can always count on you. You are so re responsible. You make me feel special. Now you know how I feel. I think I said that yesterday. <laughs> okay. What would you like to do? I prize every moment we're together. I can't do this anymore. I see God's fingerprints all over your life. What's wrong with you anyhow? You are such an inspiration to so many people. Do you always have to be right? Okay, girls, now keep that. Isn't that revealing and isn't that interesting? And God says, and you wonder why you're living in darkness. You wonder why your day is so heavy. Child, life and death are in the power of your tongue. Use it. Invade the darkness with the truth of my word. In closing, the San Francisco Bridge is a place of beauty, but it's also a place of tragedy. As the police were called to another crime scene, it was verified that another person had jumped to their death. Upon going through their clothing, they found a note that read, if one person talks to me, I will not jump. That's grave. That's heavy. And girls, we are the children of light. Use the tool God has put between our nose and our chin, to be an evader of the darkness. Ready? I will awake my glory. I will awake. I will awake the dawn. When you eat your cookies later on, remember about the lips and why they're there. God bless you.